This is Beyond the Couch with Bridges, a podcast at the intersection of Asian Pacific Islander, South Asian American identity and mental health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. And I'm Diana. We are three therapists who got together in the hopes of demystifying therapy and uplifting stories from our community. Each week, we'll connect with fellow therapists, experts, and community members about life, identity, and healing. We're so glad you're joining us today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges. I'm Christy. I'm Diana. I'm Sam. And I just dropped my microphone, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> um, It's September. It's like the new new year. Mm-hmm. The second new year. <laughs> the second <laughs> new year. The To me, this has always felt like the new year. I think because I'm so used to, you know, you just spend so much of the beginning of your life in school that, you know, mm-hmm. fall, the start of the school year, we would always go back to school. I think that the Tuesday after Labor Day. So we would have started school yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that it? Was that a, like, what, how did it make you feel starting school? I'm curious. What your, it's, yeah, I was experience. talking about this with my friends the other day, but it's funny because there's a part of, I always feel a little bit of like existential dread around going mm-hmm. back to school, but also usually by the end of summer, I felt so antsy and I, there was like some excitement. You would get to see maybe people who you were just friends with in class, but didn't really spend time with outside of class. So you would finally get to see everybody, like all your school friends and stuff. So I think it was always a mixture of excitement, anticipation, but also some stress about just needing to do work again and everything. Yeah. How about you guys? Well, I'm like thinking back, it's like a new grade. You feel older. You get maybe some new outfit, <laughs> maybe a cool new thing on your backpack or something like <laughs> it's a little moment of an upgrade or like, mm-hmm. who do I want to be this year? And then it, then it, I remember it kind of settles back down and you're like, oh yeah, this is normal life. No one cares. <laughs> but yeah, I've even sensed from other people, it kind of brings in a new energy to have the weather cool down and people like reinvigorated with, okay, what is the rest of the year going to feel like for me? Whether it's something people want to accomplish or it's like after Labor Day, then I'm starting up on this practice or this routine. Yeah. I wonder if that feeling is fairly universal with the changing seasons anyway, in places where there are four seasons like this, because yeah, there's something about summer that's slow and feels long at the end. Um, and then when it's September, like suddenly the weather changes and I definitely had mixed feelings too. I think that same feeling of dread punctuated with some excitement, like when you go shopping for supplies, like, mm-hmm. oh, fresh notebooks, they yes. have so much promise. <laughs> I could be a different student this, this year, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to fill this with like really neatly written notes and I'm going to have like my special pens. Um, all of that. Right. And yeah, like Christy, like you said, like after a few weeks, you just like give in like, oh, okay, maybe mm-hmm. it's not going to happen like that this year. Um, I I relate to that very much. I would get my dividers like all perfectly set up. And then by, you know, a couple months and I'm just shoving all my homework into a single folder <laughs> yeah. and everything's all mixed up together. <laughs> yeah. I just remember spending a lot of time putting things into my scheduler too, just like mm-hmm. holidays. <laughs> days off um and then whenever you get some sort of syllabus from school or something it's like yeah 
Did you guys, did your school give you like a planner every year in, in homeroom yep. in the first day? I loved getting that new planner every year for some reason. And yeah, it's just so perfect and like mm-hmm. unmarred. <laughs> yeah, that fresh plastic cover. Mm-hmm. And it would look so pristine. I put everything in from the, the syllabi, like at the beginning of the semester. And then by the end, I'm barely looking at it. Yeah. Or it's just roughed up. So if there's any current students listening to this, know that you're not alone if you're doing all of these things, because it sounds like it's a pretty common experience amongst us. Actually, it's kind of related to what we were thinking about talking about today, because I'm sort of kind of having a taste of that again right now. I think we've talked about it earlier, but I am taking Spanish class in Spain and it's taking up a lot of time. So I'm, I'm actually in class in a big way compared to even grad school. I feel like in, during grad school, we had maybe I had two classes per day. I don't know how your program is structured, but yeah, maybe I'm in around the same amount of class right now, but it just is a big change from, mm. you know, working. Yeah. We've had this whole other thing you've been investing your your daily weekly time into outside of work yeah it's been a big change um I just think back like for most of my adult life I've always had a full-time job and this is the first time I mean I've had periods where I've you know taken a long break like a month sabbatical or something or in between jobs um and then one period of time between my previous career and this one where it really just took me time to figure out. And I was doing freelance work here and there, but I was also just trying to figure the career piece out. Um, But this is the first time, yeah, that I've continued to work sort of on a part-time basis and go to school. And the school's part is definitely taking more of my time, not just the class, but also trying to put it into practice, talking to people, you know, practicing all of that. So it's definitely become like a bigger part of my day than work has been. And it's also interesting, Diana, because hearing you explain that, you know, I think there are probably a lot of people who might do something similar where maybe they're working part time and the rest of the time being a student. And I think a lot of times that's sort of maybe you're studying something new that's going to become a part of your career. But for you, I, I'm mindful, Diana, that you're learning this language just because you want to. Like it's something that you're doing sort of purely for your own enrichment and and your own enjoyment, not necessarily for a career move. Yeah. And I think that's also a big shift. I think it's probably hard for many people to do something without having some sort of like some reason for it that at least is related to It'll help me be more successful, help me make more money, help me get better at something or, you know, just some more practical reason. Right. And I think this is maybe one of the few things that I've really invested a lot of time and energy into that is not okay. It's not a hobby, but it's also not going to help me with my job. (laughs) You know, it's purely for. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm still kind of figuring it out. And initially it just felt like something cool. Like it did feel like a hobby in the beginning. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn a new language. But then once you actually start to invest so much time into it, it's, it changes. I don't know. And it's also, you're learning something you're, so it's not just a hobby. I don't know how to explain it, but it feels like a lot of things mixed together 
that that is clearly not work though. Like a skill, a hobby, an investment, a new challenge. It's like a personal challenge. challenge too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A new way of seeing how you deal with things, because I think at a certain point in work, you start to get a sense of, you know, you get good at what you do and you know how to deal with most challenges. And there are going to be some things you don't deal with as much and maybe you need support with those things, but you generally have a good sense of how to manage things. And I think being a beginner again right now, because learning a new language is, it's it can be really frustrating because inside I'm a fully formed adult who knows how to communicate, but then I'm having to learn to do it in a different language and you're back at the beginning with, you know, you know, but you can't express, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Christy, I'm curious how your experience has been too, because I know you were also in Korean class. Yeah. I Well, I know I mentioned like, am I going to continue with the class or like the next level? And honestly, I'm still deciding. I signed up, but I'm kind of still deciding before <laughs> the, the cancellation period, just because if I think about the role it's playing, it extends my workday by two hours. Like it extends like my time where I have to be present for something and active and engaged. And I was kind of thinking like, how would that feel every week for another 10 weeks? And Mm. how would it feel to continue learning in that setting? Or are there other settings that I would be able to learn more or even tailor it more to my own curiosity and like preparing ways to talk to my family um, as opposed to learning some of the other things that they'll teach, like navigating the subway or something like that. Mm. Yeah, which is kind of hard also to think about because then I'm worried if I'm losing momentum or if I'm taking away a sense of accountability that really helped me learn. Because I also know, I recognize that that's a part of learning a skill and sometimes I might dread something and then be so grateful that I did it anyway by the end. So I'm kind of deciding because I feel so protective over my free time, but the free time is also meant to be used in a way that I want to give my energy to something as opposed Mm -hmm. to just disconnecting from work. And I Mm -hmm. almost feel like in this year so far of experimenting and having a lot more like of my own independence with my practice it's given me a lot of time to disconnect. And I don't know, I still kind of feeling into that. And maybe it'll be next year, it'll feel like a new sort of energy where I have, I want to take on something new and invest into it. Mm-hmm. Well, now I don't know what I'm saying, because I think that there have been other things I've added on, like even just been like, more disciplined with my movement. And having accountability and exercise and movement and learning my own body in a different way. I was kind of thinking about that as you were talking, Diana, because even like an exercise that initially I was really uncomfortable with, I've learned my mental coaching through it of how to connect to my breathing when I'm doing something tough. And even the mental energy of I know that I've made it through this hour before. So even if I'm doing something I'm dreading or something that's really hard, I know that I've progressed and made it through and it's felt like so much confidence has come Mm -hmm. from it. So I think I've like maybe stretched out in multiple directions, actually, with a little less commitment as like a four hour daily 
language class, but maybe that's what I'm tuning into is like, I've stretched out in multiple directions, language class, like movement, other things. How would it feel then if I experiment again and let it be a slow process of deciding how I'd want the fall to feel? Talking about this is interesting to me because this is something I've been thinking about too. I I feel very similarly, Christy, where, and to you, Diana, what you said earlier around so much of my adult life has been spent with so much energy just being about work and that being the vast majority of my day. And now that we're in a position where we have a lot more flexibility with our jobs and we get to choose how much work we even want to do when you work in private practice and you're sort of choosing how many clients you need in order to meet your financial goals and the sort of like pull I feel in multiple directions just internally. But I also feel sometimes within society right now, like there's so much talk about rest and ideas of like this kind of concept of like quiet quitting, like doing the bare minimum that you need in order to survive, which I'm not necessarily saying is wrong, but I've felt over the last year, like a mixture of guilt sometimes. Am I not doing enough? Am I like wasting my time now that I have all this more free time? Should I be investing in something? Is it okay to just be taking all of this downtime and relaxing, but at the same time, wanting to feel like you are progressing or investing in things that feel worthwhile. And it's just a really, I think it's just a really hard balance to find for people. And it's making me realize that you know, for so much of my life, I felt like, well, if I just worked less, then I wouldn't feel stressed about these things. I would be so happy. It would be like the solution to all of my problems. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that are definitely easier, but I still find myself feeling stressed at times or not knowing how do I want to make the most of the time that I have, or how do I want to invest in certain things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely like everything that you're both talking about. I feel like I went through pieces of it along the last year. Um, Chrissy, it sounds like, you know, you're exploring this newfound time that you have and also weren't weren't realizing that you've already begun to add things back to your day, right? So actually, as you talk about, it's quite a lot of time that you're spending on other things already before you even consider, you know, taking that next Korean class. And I, I know that when I left New York, I had freed up some time in my schedule. And initially, I had nothing really to fill it with. And there was a period of just enjoying the downtime mixed in with feeling a little bit like hesitant. Like, should I be doing something else with this time? Now that I have this free time, what should I do with it? And then reminding myself, no, you created this free time so you could have the time to not do anything. <laughs> you know, And so going back and forth. Um, between trying to get more comfortable having downtime and also realizing that how would I know what I want to do next? Like what I want to do with this time if I've never had it before, right? It's okay to just take the time to see what's interesting to me and regain that energy first, the motivation, that Mm -hmm. spark to do something, right? Because I think in the beginning, we're all probably feeling a little burned out, right? Just from the process of starting a private practice, you know, creating all these new systems for yourself and managing everything yourself. It's a lot of energy already. And then to finally be able to use that time for something, I think it just takes time to figure it out. And I think the other difficult thing, which I think Sam, you spoke to was just this, I think in our culture, we have such extremes Mm -hmm. of on the one hand, you have people emphasizing rest and and how to do the self-care and all that 
And then you have those very same people who are probably also workaholics, who are coaches, who are also trying to help us to like build a thriving private practice. I don't know how many how many lists you're on, but or Instagrams that you follow, but you know, someone there's many people out there who are trying to help help you grow bigger, to make more money, to you know have a second, third, fourth side income, right? It just seems like there's these extremes, right? And mm-hmm. in order to find what works for us, it has to be about like, okay, maybe I just need to recognize that both sides are there. And I have had to give myself time to be comfortable. And now I'm at a point where I feel comfortable with working less. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I still have moments of discomfort when I think about, for example, like, okay, well, what are my finances going to look like at the end of the year? But I've given myself to the end of the year before I look at that. I mean, I'm looking at it, but to really make a decision about that. Yeah. I think it's tough to tease apart where we emphasize productivity and worth versus Mm -hmm. purpose or our naturally creative selves, where we do naturally need to do something and give our energy to something, you know, create or make or do. And it gets complicated then by the expectation that we are performing and that all of that creative energy goes towards work or towards proving our value, affirming our sense of worth. Because when you talk about like these two ends of hyper productivity, workaholism, and why am I not motivated? I'm just, I'm not doing anything. I'm just wasted the whole day. They're like symptoms of the same Mm. illness or symptoms of the same thing societally, but then somewhere, and I'm kind of imagining it like in some intersecting plane is the sense of purpose that we all need to feel like, okay, at least I have an idea of what I'm supposed to do here or where where my energy should go. And that's really hard to ask ourselves that when it's mixed in with all of the other things that made us sick or burnt out in the first place. I think that's such a good way of describing it, Christy. And one piece that I'll add to when you were speaking about like these societal implications is I think it's hard sometimes to parse this stuff apart around what am I doing for purpose and because it gives me meaning in my life when it's so entrenched in our society of like, not to get too political on here, but you know, we live in a country where there's really very little protections if you lose your job or you experience some sort of financial crisis. And so much of it, I feel, is also wrapped up in this feeling of I need as much as possible in case something bad happens so that I'm in a position where I can actually survive it and not like, you know, in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt for the rest of my life. That makes it, I feel like there's also this sort of like, that emotional survival energy that's so hard to sort of parse apart and tease apart from that too. I hope that makes sense the way that I explain that. Yeah, because that's both reality, like how are you actually going to provide in your livelihood woven in with scarcity, like the mindset, the fear of it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be hard to disentangle, like how based on the scarcity you feel with money or the need to work, how true is that? based on the the numbers. And that's also a complicated question. It can feel like kind of disorienting Mm -hmm. because then it brings in the sense of like, okay, what then is enough? Like, even as you're talking, Diana, giving yourself through the rest of the year of, okay, I'm trusting that by the end of the year, I'll have enough information to make the next decision. And that at least right now it's enough, but usually we are kind of mapping it. At least I, the way I think about it too, is like, what's enough, but like also a little extra. Mm -hmm. you know, for a rainy day for like security. 
Yeah. Or this feeling that I've had of, well, isn't the trajectory of life in your career that every year you should be making a little more? And what if that doesn't necessarily have to be true? What if I make the decision to work less and then by virtue of that, make less money? Is that okay? Even though it might be different than what, which I'm sure we all generally feel if that's what a person feels like they want to do, of course it is. But in some ways it goes very against, I think a lot of the messages we get about work and our relationship to work and what does success mean? And, you know, I guess adding to not just feeling comfortable, but also I guess the pressure around, yeah, what is enough? What does it mean to feel like you might always need or want more? And is that realistic? And actually that was the goal I made for myself this year. Um, my goal was to make less money because mm. I knew how tied wow. into how much I work it is. Right. And so I knew that I couldn't just say work less. I mean, work less without some other metric that was going to keep me accountable. So I told myself, I'm going to have to make less money this year. That is the goal. <laughs> that is mm. the goal to measure by. And yes, I'm succeeding. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but Diana, I really, I genuinely think that's really awesome because I think that that's not, it's just not a a goal that many people would see as something that feels acceptable or they would be able to look at it actually as a success and not as sort of like a setback or a neutral thing. I think that's really amazing. Yeah. Cause of how much you're gaining mm-hmm. by meeting that goal. Yeah. And it's created space for these other experiences. And I think going back to the Spanish class, I think that's why it's been hard for me to figure out what it is because it's I've never just done something without having more of a reason, more of a purpose. It, it's almost like I go into the class every day not really knowing what to expect from it. Like some days I go there and I, I have some friends now that I've made over the last um, seven weeks of being in class that all are in Spain for different reasons. A lot of like refugees from Russia and Ukraine who are Mm -hmm. learning Spanish every day and just, you know, learning about different stories and reasons for people to be there and Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, I probably would have never met these people or learned about this if I hadn't done this. And, you know, other days, you know, also feeling annoyed that it's so hard or being annoyed because the teacher has a different style from what I enjoy or (laughs) things like that. But just overall, there's this thread of knowing that I'm really glad I'm doing it, even if I'm feeling annoyed from day to day and not sure what the end result is going to be, but just that even the process of going every day feels satisfying. Yeah. Well, keep us posted. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we will wrap up here and we will see you all next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Couch. Tune in every Wednesday, rate or review us to help grow our community and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us on Instagram at Bridges Mental Health. (laughs) 